Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we'll be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are back in the studio again. Well, today is Thursday. Usually Thursday is an interview day. But this week, uh, Tommy Nelson will be on on Friday instead of Thursday. So Friday will be the interview day this week and today instead of uh free for all friday we have anything goes thursday so we would love for you guys to call in and uh, get your perspective on what's going on and just what we've talked about this week in acts as well uh, again the number to call is 1-844-777-7928 that's 1-844-777-SWAT or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com that's ask ask at swatradio.com Hey, uh, I don't, do, do you listen to the briefing at all? You ever listen to Al Mohler or follow him? He's, you know, he, he puts out a thing every day called the briefing. We've talked about it. Well, he's been a guest on here mm-hmm. before and he, uh, did a thing this morning that I thought was interesting. And I was interested in your take being a younger, uh, guy, you know, and, and he said, um, and he was talking about how the Pew Pew Research, you know, they do a lot of surveys and stuff. Basically, there's no middle ground anymore. Uh, and he was talking about in Judaism how there's, you know, used, used to there was um, there was kind of a middle ground uh, in America, talking specifically about our country, not necessarily over in Israel, but in America um, with with uh, Jew, younger Jewish people who kind of identified with what they he called the mushy middle of mm. American Judaism, uh, because basically now you have either secular Jews or Orthodox Jews. And why does that matter to us as believers? Well, it, it's important to know who your mission field is, to know who the people out there that you're praying for are and understand Orthodox Jews keep a much closer um, tie-in to the uh, strict interpretations of Torah. Um, And secular Jews kind of blend in more. They're kind of progressive, which you're either one or the other right now. And uh, they've kind of, although Orthodox has Hasidic within it, I mean, Mm -hmm. they have some really, really intense... um, you know, different sects within just like everything. But the big thing about what he was saying is, and he was also talking about even in Christianity, people are either that there's not, there's no mushy middle anymore. Yeah. It's uh, you're either kind of all in or you're not in. I think there are a significant number of people who still have their heads in the sand though. But, uh, I, yeah, I would agree with that, that you're either, you know, on the woke train or you're against the woke train. And there's a very few people who, 
uh, don't want to deal with the confrontation. I think that that don't so they haven't really voiced any sort of opinion. But for the most part, yeah, I think there's two sides are are forming even in Christianity. But you know, that's uh, our, our society as a whole is is looking more and more that way. Speaking of um, woke, are you familiar with Edward Waters College at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a Christian college. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, it really is. It, it's a it's a Christian college, and uh, I did not know that about Edward Waters College. Um, uh, if you you go and you look at the history of Edward Waters College, it's Florida's oldest independent institution of higher learning, uh, and the state's first institution that was established for the education of african-americans 1866 by members of the african methodist episcopal church yeah Yeah. the reverend charles pierce Hmm. uh, back in 1865 um anyway uh it was it was founded basically uh by these this pastor and believer but one of the problems with Edward Waters College now uh, is they they have bought in to just about what every university is buying into. They were doing this series, um, and the series is called Stay Woke. Uh, it, well, it's actually, that's kind of, they've got this, the President's, President's Distinguished Speaker Series. Mm. But it's Stay Woke. And... You know, uh, what, it'll be interesting tomorrow to have Tommy on. I'm going to ask him about that, talk to him about it's Christian college, having that on. Because, you know, out in Denton Bible Church where Tommy's the pastor, they're doing a uh, conference on June uh, 11th called um, Wokeism in the Gospel, I think is what it's called. Uh, we had uh, Owen Strand who's going to be speaking at it. Uh, he's going to be speaking. He's one of the keynotes as well as Daryl Harrison, who's been on here. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that conference is for anybody. It's called wokeness, not wokeism, wokeness and the gospel. And it's, uh, you can register by going to dentonbible.org or wokeness and gospel.org. That's W O K E N E S S and gospel.org. But they've got a lot of good guys who will be sharing about basically how wokeness is nothing more than a new form of legalism that's being propagated through the Trojan horse of uh, racial equity. Mm. Not equality, but racial equity. And I just think it's important. That again, we have another college here, Edward Waters College. You know, Nat Glover, who used to be the sheriff in town, I think used to kind of be the president of it. I think, if I'm correct, right? Uh, I don't. You would know better than me. Yeah, I, I, I think he, he, he either was the head of the board or he was um, uh, the former president. Um, I, I can't, I can't remember right now off the top of my head, but I know he was associated. Yeah, he did. Uh, back in, uh, he, he did, uh, take over for a little while. Uh, when was that? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to go back and look when they, they had it recorded. Cause I couldn't remember. Um, let's see. Yeah, he took, he was an interim president. Uh, that, that was back in 2010. Oh, wow. 
So anyway, um, but but you know the college was um, founded in 1866 to educate freed slaves, and it was founded by a pastor, a minister, somebody who was committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I I, I just think that. They, they have done a good job of training people, you know, uh, and I think this current president has been a good president, but I'm really concerned about this speaker series. Are, are they still, you know, they still build themselves as a Christian college? Like, I, I don't know. Because I had a friend, you know, go there for football for a little bit before he left, and I didn't get a sense from what he said that, you know, the people there were there for anything but football. And well, these these speakers uh, they that they have coming for this, I, I don't know all the things they're talking about, but if you and I don't know any of them, you may know some of them. Um, have you? Uh, I, I, but but I know that they they had Ibrahim X oh, Kendi a while back for this thing. Well, he's he's spoken at a number of churches, uh, you know quote unquote i guess i should say and i think at one of them is when he said that they reject you know the savior gospel uh, the gospel of the savior like uh, that's just if you're rejecting that uh, or he said uh, savior theology i think is what he said and, well well here's the thing uh just like we we're talking about there's no middle ground you yeah. know you're either kind of an all-in there's no mushy middle there really can't be a mushy middle with the the whole critical theory. Yeah, you, you you can't believe in critical theory as a belief system uh, because it conflicts with the Bible. If you're a believer, you can believe in it, but you can't say that you hold to the gospel of Jesus Christ, where He reigns, He's sovereign, and He reigns over everything, and that's what the whole wokeness in the gospel is about this conference coming up in june and so i'm excited tommy will be on tomorrow to uh share about that and um and i just i I was gonna ask you i just didn't know if you had heard uh, if you knew about i didn't know edward waters was a christian college how it was founded i think that's great that it was founded to do those things uh but now i think they've got a dangerous trajectory there if they, they they need to you need to pray for the leaders there that maybe they'll recognize critical theory for what it is. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people who want to, you know, say, oh, well, you know, critical theory, maybe it's addressing some good things, uh, or, you know, critical race theory in particular that we need to look at. But uh, I don't think people realize that this is not, you know, um, these are people who hold to critical race theory and really, you know, understand what it is and, and developed it they have a different worldview than the people that hold to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't something where, you know, uh, you know, back in the forties or something where the Democrats and the Republicans to go on a political uh, analogy, you know, they both, you know, they had their differences and they thought different things, but they both were against the Nazis and had a core ideology that they believed in. No, this is something where uh, these are two different visions and worldviews of what uh, reality and nature is. And so you can't, if you swallow part of the pill, you're going to end up taking the whole thing down. And the gospel is more than sufficient to deal with um, racial strife or, or, or ethnic prejudice and, and, the, and the like. And so to look for something other than the gospel, I think, is a mistake and will lead 
uh, opposite of what the people who want to take part of it intend. Well, I, you know, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Marxism, which is at the root of critical theory and why it's, why it's important for us as believers to not buy into that. You don't have to buy in that to believe that black lives matter, that all lives matter, and that those things are important. So when we come back, we'll talk. And we can take calls, too. Yep. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. That is Ren Collective with Rescuer. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, Today is Thursday, which is generally the uh, day that is set aside to interview different people. Um, But this week, that will be on Friday, and that is tomorrow, obviously. And Tommy Nelson from Denton Bible uh, Church will be on on Friday, so make sure you tune in for that. And so instead, today we're doing a free-for-all Thursday. We would love to have you call in, uh, join the discussion, and get your perspective on what's been going on in the news and what we talked about in acts also to field any questions that you may have. If you would like to call in, please call us at one eight four four triple seven SWAT. Again, that's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or you can email us at ask at SWAT That's ask a S K at SWAT com. Well, Hey, um, I, I wanted to start off. We had Owen strand, Dr. Owen strand on a couple of weeks ago and he put out something People hear this term wokeness, and he addressed some things that wokeness is not. And I thought it was good, either on a personal level or even dealing with it as a church. And wanting racial harmony does not make you woke. That's not what wokeness is, or ethnic harmony. Uh, Wanting peace in a, a, a country that, maybe has a history of ethnic prejudice or ethnic tension, that doesn't make you woke. Um, 
seeing the failings in our history uh, that may include long and sustained patterns of ethnic prejudice, even in thought and practice. If you see that and you acknowledge that, that doesn't make you woke. Being troubled um, by the way churches in the past have dealt with that ethnic prejudice, that doesn't make you woke either. Um, uh, Adopting children from another uh, skin color doesn't make you woke, nor does an interracial marriage. Uh, Thank goodness for you, right? (laughs) Uh, Being troubled in a major way um, by... uh, Oh, I said that one. I'm sorry. Uh, grieving the needless death of human beings made in the image of God, bearing God's given dignity and purpose, that doesn't make you woke either. Doing everything you can and know to build bonds with people that are different from you, none of that makes you woke. Enjoying a, a global culture that's different from your own doesn't make you woke. Um, knowing that Jesus Christ was a Middle Eastern Jew and not a white European or American with flowing golden locks, that doesn't make you woke either. Uh, he goes on. He he gives a lot of ways. Why is that important? Because today a lot of people are confused about what wokeness is. It all gets thrown in there. Um, and they people are like, well, it sounds like if you're not woke, then you, you're, uh, you hate you know, um, uh, ethnocentrism and, and, and you, you know, you, you don't want to help people that have been mistreated. That's not what it means. Um, that that's biblical Christianity, to be honest with you, that we, that we treat people who've been mistreated. Uh, well, we comfort them, we help them. And has the church failed at that? Absolutely. The church has failed at a lot of things. It's failing right now in sharing the gospel with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to address these issues. And, and caring for unity is important. So to do all of those things um, isn't really wokeness. But what is wokeness? So he, he kind of defined it. Uh, he says, according to the woke uh beneficiaries of whiteness must identify themselves as racist. That's being woke. That simply because you have white skin color, you are woke. Um, and thus, it, you, in any kind of secular conversion experience that is often marked by a public declaration that you are an anti-racist simply by what you say with your mouth. America is full of white supremacy that benefits white people. That's woke. These are woke things. These are, you know, you have to uh, uh, call out that white supremacy in our culture, that our our systematic white supremacy across our country is being woke. Um, In the church, Christians are being called to repent for being white. That's woke. And reject their white fragility. That is woke. Uh, Christians are told that they're complicit in the sins of their forefathers. That is being woke. Uh, Christians are urged to read complex realities and events in, he calls it, monocausal terms with racism as the cause, whether it's poverty, crime, 
shootings, education disparity, all that stuff. You have to align with Black Lives Matter organization, not the concept, but the organization. We're told to see capitalism as oppressive and unfair and unjust. And socialism is a preferred method of, you know, the way you govern yourself. Uh, Christians are told that white interpretation has held the church captive to a white agenda. Falling into that belief is being woke, and we're urged to support reparations and distributive justice, which is separate from retributive justice. And, um, the you know, he... He goes on to just talk about that, but do you see the difference in the two? One of them is you really care about uh, ethnic harmony. You care about uh, the brotherhood of mankind and reaching out to the oppressed and people that are in need. But on the other hand, the woke people say that you are part of a group because of your skin color that makes you um, targeted and you have to repent of just being a certain uh, skin color. Yeah. Now, now, what makes that any different than the very things that the people that are supposed to be standing for are standing against? You know, yeah. I mean, I don't get that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of people have said it, that wokeism is really racism um, yeah. because it's just, uh, you know, hatred towards white people or a certain class of people because of the color of their skin. Um, and maybe what has been done in the past, which uh, is not a, a biblical idea, obviously, but it's uh, also just it, it's not uh, to be anti-racist. Right. You have to be racist like that. Is, that's a conundrum. Um, <laughs> but the whole, you know, the critical race theory and all that, that comes from uh, a Marxist uh, point of view. And, and really what happened was that uh, the communists realized that the class warfare um, message wasn't wasn't hitting it here in, in the United States. It wasn't being picked up like it was, you know, over in Europe. And so it, it took those same principles and just applied it to uh, the racial demographic. And so that is where we're at. Um, and, and, and that's kind of where that came out of. And I think we have a caller on the line. Uh, Herman, Herman from Virginia. Herman, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. What 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 uh, comment right. or question you got for us? Well, I just want to say um, one thing from my perspective. You guys are in radio um, and on the receiving end. A lot of times, what I'm hearing is a lot of uh, the divisive talk, not just from you guys, but as a whole. Um, as believers, I think we have to be careful that we don't follow suit with the subtlety of the adversary for divisive talk. Like, uh, I hear a lot of Republicans, Democrats, left, right, black, white, um, Black Lives Matter, all these different groups. There, there are times for statistics that you have to go there. But for the most part, I think it's, it should be common ground to deal with each situation by case because not all Democrats think the same way. Not all Republicans think the same way. You have a few select out of each group. So I think we have to be careful that we don't continue with this divisive talk that separates and causes us to take sides. Um, and we that's the last thing we want to do. We want to deal with every situation as it's isolated situation so we don't get in the business of dividing and keep dividing. Because I think 
Satan has done a really good job with the divisive talk that I'm hearing across the board. Yeah, you know, I, I actually agree with you. I think that is uh, a good point and well made. And, you know, it is something that you kind of fall into as far as there's easy uh, uh, kind of in the the colloquial verbiage that is something that people understand where you're coming from. But I, I agree that um, the divisiveness is not good. And if it's needless divisiveness, that's not good. But there is also the fact that, you know, just saying the truth is going to be seen as divisive, right? To say that there are two genders is going to be seen as something that uh, divides people. But I, I, I agree with your uh, essential point is that we should be looking to uh, build bridges in ways that we can um, and not needlessly dividing. But there is going to be, you know, the fact of the matter that standing on the biblical truth is going to be just in the culture that we live in is going to be divisive, divisive, excuse me, in and of itself. But we shouldn't be looking to um, needlessly divide. I think that's what I'm I'm getting from you. Yeah, absolutely. You are on point. I mean, there are times you're going to have to go there, but going there should be the exception and not the rule. But you're right on, right on course. Hey, hey, Herman. Hey, this is Doug. Hey, thank you so much for calling in. Um, We love our Virginia listeners who listen on Lighthouse. Certainly appreciate listening. I have a question for you, okay? Um, How long have you been a, a follower of Jesus? All right, so so April. That's your birthday. My my spiritual birthday was April. All right, so April nineteen ninety two. So uh, you're going on what about thirty years, right? Yes, sir. All right, so let me ask you a question. So okay. when when you have a, a philosophy or or some teaching okay hey herman can you hold on through the break because i really would like you to respond to this can yeah. you hold on all right we got to cut to the news but i want i'll give you the question now you can think about it and when we come back you can answer it okay, okay? so so okay, when you great. have it when you have a philosophy that is counter to the gospel and destructive that's being adopted out of the church how would you respond if you were leading all the churches okay So when we come back from the break, you can respond. All All right. right, So make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Uh, We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners like Herman listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, as well as all of you who are listening online, wherever you may be listening. And all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Even If by Mercy Me. If you are just joining us, tomorrow we will have Tommy Nelson on 
Uh, usually we have our interviews on Thursday, but this week it's going to be on Friday, and we're going to have Tommy Nelson from Denton Bible College. So we hope that you would tune in for that. Today we're having a free-for-all Thursday, and right now on the line we have Herman. And just before the break, Doug had asked him a question. Um, we're going to get to that in a second, but I want to let you know that if you would like to call in, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Okay, Herman, so you're back with us, and uh, here's the situation. You have been called in to the city of Jacksonville because... City, he's in Virginia. I'm, I know, but he's been okay. called in as a consultant because Herman has been walking with the Lord for 30 years. And so he's been called in because he brought up a really good point. We should be about unity. We should be about love. But you've got this false teaching. It's a false gospel that is now infiltrating the church. So how do you handle that? They're, they're wanting to know as leaders, how do we deal with this? So what do you think, Herman? How, what do you think the best way to deal with this is? Well, I like God. I like I like what Jesus did. He's, a, he's been a perfect example for us. And he always dealt with stuff by the root. Uh, you can't let it grow. Uh, because now you have a problem. You gotta, you know, you gotta have a huge problem first dealing with it from the root to get rid of the, the, the issue. So I would deal with it, call it out for what it is. One is sin. Uh, then we have the liberty to go in and name the sin, which is false prophets or false teaching. Based on God's word, we have to, um, launch our truth towards it and then give a bridge to come out of it. Historically, what we do in Christianity is we will launch that missile to destroy it, but we don't do well with showing up another bridge to come out of it and give, a, like, aid, first aid. It's, you know, it's okay that you, you got off. I understand. Satan does give the image of light. You, you, you just were wrong. But what you can do is here's a bridge out of that. Don't get stuck on that. You know, come out. Here's God's word on what we should be doing. And, and, and even though you had to shoot the missile, you came back and you shored up the area that was, that was hit. And I think that's where we, uh, that's what I would do because, you know, good people make really bad mistakes because uh, they don't know the truth. What do you think the best way to, um, you know, offer that bridge, as you say, what do you think the best way to do that would be in, in the kind of the situation that we're facing around the country for the church? Give a bit. Give a biblical example. Mm -hmm. uh, Saul, perfect example. He, he persecuted the Jews. He was killing them. But at the same time, even though he was that way, God spoke to him and God tried to reach him. And so everybody, every group, every color, every race, they deserve the bridge to reconciliation even when they were wrong. But a lot, like I say, in Christianity, a lot of times, you know, we'll shoot that missile and we say, that's a dead bridge. We got that bridge. That bridge is tore down. But what do you do about the ones that, that, that were caught in the crossfire? We have to offer a way back for them out of their mess, out of that garbage, into the light. And, and, and that, you know, even though we had to be divisive, at the same time, now we're extending a togetherness now that that, that group is scattered because we've had to put the truth where it's supposed to be. I think so Herman I think that's a do, that's a good that's a good um that's a good reminder that we should always hold out hope that people can change. Yes. And Paul's a good example, but when people are not yes. changed yet, 
And, 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 and you know, uh, Herman, we've been talking about critical theory, and, and you can go into critical race theory, which is a subset, and that's a really big issue right now in our culture. And it, it, it actually, if you start looking at it, it I, I and Taylor, me and Taylor, we've been talking about it. We actually believe that it's kind of used the problems of ethnic prejudice and some of the problems historically that we've had in our country as a Trojan horse to now come into the church and get people more worried about a social gospel than the true gospel. Where do you see that? Do you see that happening too? Absolutely. Absolutely. I see that 100%. You know what's interesting is how Satan comes in quickly when, when, when we have, when we're trying to justify a cause, you know, when there were so many black men and black women being killed, uh, they came in and said black lives matter. And that fact is true. And black lives, white lives, Asian lives, all lives matter. But when Satan comes in, he has a way of not only attacking that issue, but bringing the falseness of other beliefs. And they all ride that wave together. And this thing snowballs into something that started with, the, with a true fact that black lives do matter, along with every other life that matters. And it snowballs into LGBT and snowballs into other faiths and, and uh, prejudice all in one snowball. And so he does a really good job at snowballing it to be something that is really not. So we have to definitely be careful and always allow the truth of God's word to settle every issue. And if you're not going to go God's way, then then that then I'm going this way. You can go which way you want, but that way is going to bring you a lot more chaos and a lot more problems. Well, you know, hey, I, I, Herman, I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on. You call back anytime. I, I'm going to get Steve to get your address. I'm going to send you a book yeah. a friend of mine wrote called Fault Lines. It's the social justice movement and evangelicalism's looming catastrophe by Vody Bauckham. Yep. Vody is a great preacher, and he he loves the Lord. And I want to send you that book. And so I'm going to have uh, Steve take you off air and get your address. But you be blessed and have a great weekend. All right. You too. Enjoy you guys. God bless you. All right. Take care. Yeah, that was a great call and, and you know a great reminder as well of. Um, you know, there is obviously a battle raging, right? And, you know, you, you want to fight the battle. But at the same time, you don't want to alienate people who, you know, aren't, uh, you know, uh, looking at the battle. And you don't want to alienate the person on the other side who may be in error because you the hope is that they come back into the fold of the gospel. Well, rather even than alienate, I think we don't want to discount people yeah. and what God can do in their life. Right, right, right. And he brought up a great example of the Apostle Paul who was a guy who killed Christians that mm-hmm. God turned into the greatest missionary in the Bible, yeah. really, other than Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, so uh, I certainly appreciate him calling. I'm going to send him uh, Vody's book, uh, which I just got a copy of. It's nice. Right, yeah. That's a good book. I so, really like Vody Bauckham. He's But, he's, you know, he's th- there are a lot of people, Taylor, that believe that we should just love everybody and not say anything sometimes. And I know yeah. that's not what Herman was saying. But there are people believe, well, why do you have to say anything? Why can't we just, well, because listen, Paul himself called out six, by name, six, at least six different uh, teachers who were teaching a false gospel. Demas, uh, or, or people who were destructive. Uh, Demas, Phygelius, Hermogenes, uh, 
Hymenaeus and Alexander and um, and Philetus. He called these people out as being destructive. In fact, uh, he said some have shipwrecked their faith, mm. you know, and um, and their their talk will spread like gangrene, like an infection. And that's kind of what, you know, it's interesting about Marxism. Marxism is like a virus. It just never goes away. It replicates. You think you get rid of it, and it comes back. Yeah, it seems to be uh, something that the human uh, nature, I don't know, because before Marx even, you know, going back to the the very foundings of America, it was tried twice, once in Jamestown and once in Plymouth, and then completely rejected when people were starving and died. And um, so, yeah, it's something that keeps coming up because it seems like such a great idea. But in reality, it is, uh, you know, it's evil and, it, and it's it's uh, uh, it's amoral, immoral um, when it comes down to really the, the intellectual, the theological, um, the philosophical underpinnings of it. You know, but it is something that I, it seems like we we forget, you know, to to teach and uh, the 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 dangers of it and then so it pops back up and we have to be constantly uh vigilant against it you know? well yeah well and and again uh paul uh well john piper lays out um five factors in calling out a false teacher that i think are, are people that are bringing in false teaching that are very um helpful one you need to consider the seriousness and the deceitfulness of the error. I mean, if somebody's just outright deceitful, you got to call them out on that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you just if you know they knowingly over here they're saying this, but over here they're saying that. And yeah, going back to people, well, why do you got to say anything? And you know that's not loving to the person who is being deceitful, but it's not loving to the people who would be listening and not knowing what the truth is. So yeah, I think that's a, a great. Uh, point you know that's only point number well, one yeah, i know but but it is but he lays i mean he's he's really wise in how he's dealt with it i think over the years but the second is the size of the audience of the people buying into it and if you look around specifically with critical theory it is growing within evangelicalism that's why tommy and denton bible church is hosting this conference wokeness in the gospel third is the duration of the lie or the, you know, if it continues to go on and on and on? And um, is it just one mistake that somebody's made? Did they just kind of say it and then kind of never bring it up again? That's one thing. But if they say it and they're promulgating it, they're promoting it, you hear them on YouTube, you, you know what I'm saying? Then you, you come out and you address it. And you can address it by name because it's gathering a following. Uh, fourth is the vulnerability of the people from whom you are responsible. Like when guys at SWAT come to me and ask me about something, and then another person comes, I say, okay, I'm going to have to address this. And so when that's a case, you might call out somebody by name and mm-hmm. say, hey, this is going on. This is against the gospel or against God's word. And then fifth, the role you have in influencing shepherds who need to be discerning for who the false teachers are. In other words, let's say I meet with a group of leaders and one of them brings up this guy, who whoever it is who's spreading this, or this concept of critical theory. Uh, and I think that's why you're seeing Dr. Strand write a book. You're seeing uh, Vody Bauckham write a book on critical theory. When you see guys like this, 
devoting the time to write a book about it, it means it's making a lot of inroads into the churches in this country. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we got another call after the break, right? Yep, I believe that is correct. But stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. We have Jim from Jack's coming up for you after the break. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the night, with all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. That is Casting Crowns with Nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, Thursday is generally the interview day uh, of the week, but this week it's going to be a little bit different because tomorrow we have Tommy Nelson of Denton Bible Church on, so make sure you tune in for that. So today we're doing a Anything Goes Thursday, so if you would like to call in and join the discussion, we've been talking about a number of things, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Right now we have Jim from Jack's on the line. Jim, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you gentlemen doing today? Doing well. What, uh, what, what's your question? What's your, you got a question or you got a comment? What, what, what do you got for us today? Well, I, I, I have a, I have a um, first of all, I have a thank you. I received the book from last week. Sweet. Um, he made them male and female. Awesome. Uh, I, re- I haven't had a chance to pick it up yet, but uh, I did receive it this week. Excuse me, I'm saying last week. I'm forgetting what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, is there's great examples in, in, in the Bible of how two Christian brothers can have a dispute and solve it. Um, one comes to mind is when Paul uh, confronted Peter about uh, his actions when he was... Uh, distancing himself you mean when peter uh, yeah when paul confronted peter yeah that's right yeah yeah that's right that's but uh anyway i just wanted to thank you guys and um for the book and to tell you that uh 
I appreciate your show and what you guys are doing. No, that that's a great reminder because and thank they, you, by the way, yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, I, I'm I'm glad you got the book, and uh, but but that's a good reminder that, and if you look, who was the more mature believer? Peter. There? Yeah. yeah, that was uh, you know that that was a. Uh, Probably a pretty dicey situation for Paul in there mm-hmm. when he did that, um, you know, and and yet Peter responded, right? You know, and Paul says he was bold. Why he spoke the truth in love, um, and we, I think that's hard for us to do today in our culture. Would you Would you agree, Jim? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, when I read that, I was like, "Going wow, that that could, would have been a really intense place to have been a fly on the wall <laughs> watching that because you've got, you know, you've got two majors here and and they're they're talking boldly like this, and uh, it would have been, you know, it would have been just an awesome thing to to be there and see. Yeah, and there was potential. Time, it would have been a good lesson. Yeah." There was potential there for a major um, schism, really, a major disruption. But instead, um, in love, they were able to reconcile. And so that's something that we should definitely hope for. Um, but obviously, uh, the truth has to be paramount. And, and hopefully, and we should pray that those who are in error will come back to the truth. Uh, but, you know, that is a great example of, you know, what is possible, where, you know, what God can do. Um, despite major differences that that we may have or or errors that we may uh, step into, and so that that should be our hope and our prayer um, is that we come to a place of reconciliation and that uh, you know we move further in the truth together. Uh, but you know sometimes that's not something that's possible, but that is something that we should always be praying for and reminded of of examples in the Bible of when that has happened yeah and jim that is a good reminder in another way too i remember do, do you know who leighton ford is jim by chance um no i can't nothing's hitting me right now okay so leighton ford is billy graham's brother-in-law and so leighton ford used to travel with billy all over the world preaching he would go in and preach before billy he would do a couple of weeks then billy would come in and he was an evangelist, an international evangelist. He's been to the White House almost as many times as Billy. He's just a very wise and gifted minister and has been for, he's in his, I think, 90s now, or, uh, or 80s, late 80s, early 90s. And anyway, so Leighton Ford was leading me and about 29 other leaders from around the country as we were being taught by him on ministry principles and stuff. And one day he made a statement. And he twisted a scripture on purpose. And none of us confronted him on it because this is Leighton Ford. And we're just sitting there and he keeps going. And a couple of us are looking at each other like, okay, this is weird. What he just said isn't right. But nobody confronted him. And he, after a couple of minutes, he said, can I ask you guys a question? Why, why didn't nobody confront me? And what he, he, he taught us a very important lesson that day that just because somebody is a leader or maybe has been a believer longer than you doesn't mean that they're perfect. There was only one perfect person. It was Jesus. And, and Paul said the test was for him in that passage you're talking about 
was their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. And that has got to be the key for us. And so uh, if somebody is not in line with the gospel and they are representing themselves that way, then we have a moral and a spiritual responsibility to to call that out in love, but to do it. And Paul said it very clearly. I opposed him to his face. He's saying, I went directly to him, and he stood condemned. Now, fortunately for Paul, Peter had a history of Jesus confronting him, so Peter probably <laughs> had gotten used to having to step back, but Paul still did it. So thank you, Jim, for listening and thanks for bringing that up that's really a good reminder for us you gentlemen have a blessed day thank yeah. you much for yeah. my call yeah and thank you for the book yeah you're you're welcome our pleasure yeah, you thanks know, for calling in yeah Great it, to have it, you call it, in. yeah you know um but have you ever been in a situation like that where you know somebody's a leader and they've done or said something wrong but nobody challenges on it um because they're and they're intimidated by the fact that they're they are the more mature one they're the the leader you know i can't nothing really comes to mind too much except for you know uh you know being in school and maybe a teacher makes an error in something and uh you know maybe being a little hesitant to be like hey i think you said that wrong you know but (laughs) as far as like in a uh, in a situation like uh peter or peter and paul no, I haven't really. I can't think of anything off the top of my head where that's been the case. Um, what about you? Um, you know that that I've been in one other situation like that, and uh, it's awkward. You know, it's really awkward to to be in that situation because you're just not sure how to do it. Was this after Leighton Ford? Uh, after that? Uh, example that he gave of doing yeah, that yeah it? it was but it's also important to know like i mean the, the where you are mm-hmm. like i mean the situation you're in mm-hmm. um and how to do it because not everybody is going to appreciate what you do and right. how you do it and it could lead to a disaster mm-hmm. if you don't handle it in a good way and I, and I'm not talking about somebody who intentionally put something out there that was wrong. It was I think more yeah, yeah. it was more of a slip, but it's still. Um, and well, just to kind of you you know you said you got to be uh, be in, you know got to be careful about how you go about it. And I think you're the type of relationship you have with uh, whoever it is is going to play a factor in that. And so that made me think about you know the Peter and and the Paul situation. The way that Paul handled that. Now he could have just been you know you know from what we seem to know about Paul, he was pretty, had a lot of fire in the belly, but that would insinuate that they had actually a pretty close relationship that he was able to approach him in that way. Right. Because if you go up to somebody who, you know, they don't feel that closeness with you, they might not, they probably aren't going to respond too well to that. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and well, if you remember, what was the first thing I talked about with Piper, what he said, one of the first thing is how big of an error is this? Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. what was Peter's error? His yep. error was hypocrisy. Yeah. What did Ananias and Sapphira die from? They were presenting one thing and living really another. And so Paul addressed that. And because um, in Peter's case, some Jews came along. He just started ap- 
acting hypocritically. Why? Because he was afraid. Yeah, he pulled away from the Gentiles. That, right? that yeah. he, he was afraid these Jews would criticize mm-hmm. his relationship, and that's wrong. I mean, it's just wrong on a lot of levels. Uh, the fear aspect, and um, so anyway, Paul addressed it, and I think, um, you know, who would have been affected by that hypocrisy? The very Jews that he was supposed to be trying to help. Mm-hmm. So it hurt his witness. Um you know, and so uh, when we risk our comfort, and you know, you go, well, how do you do that? Sometimes I say something like this: "Listen, I I would rather be embarrassed than right, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, I would mm-hmm. rather be in it, it wrong and embarrassed than right and never say anything, because you can't judge somebody's intentions. We don't know their hearts. You know, most right. of the time, you can't do that." But you can judge their actions. You can look at what actions they're doing. His actions were he withdrew. And he had been eating with them, but he withdrew. And so Paul addressed that. And so a friend of mine talked to me a long time ago. He said, you know, I use this phrase and it's very helpful. Listen, I don't know what your intentions were, so I'm not judging your heart. But I would rather be wrong. And this can be in a lot of different type of scenarios, you know, as accountability with people. And so the the bottom line is, as believers, we should be in such a good community that when we start to go astray or when one of our brothers starts to go astray, instead of waiting till the tire is all the way flat, we mm-hmm. start to see it when it's getting a little low on air. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but unfortunately, most of the time, we wait until there's a blowout, and then we try to go in and help pick up the pieces. Yeah. And that's why we are supposed to function in community. And so right, uh, a close community, which is something that we're losing a lot. Oh, of, yeah. And yeah. it's really damaging to the church. Tommy Nelson tomorrow, man. I hope people will join us. He's going to be talking about their conference wokeness and the gospel. And Tommy is a great teacher and leader. And I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So make sure you tune in tomorrow for Tommy Nelson as it is. That's all the time we have for today. So <laughs> you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.